Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Upfront program for this uh, Thursday. And on Thursdays, we're joined by Christopher Boulay. And uh, he's a financial advisor. Um, I guess all the other hours of the week <laughs> and month. But uh, we uh, use him as a co-host on uh, Thursday mornings at this time. And, and he also pinch hits for me a few other times uh, if I'm away. And um, we appreciate that. And we appreciate I was telling him off microphone the contribution he makes in terms of uh, the kinds of information that he gathers and shares with our audience. There are a lot of issues. I think the news media sometimes makes the mistake that everybody knows the background of references uh, that they make in a in a term and uh so uh, sometimes we're able to take some of those terms and and throw them over to chris and, and get a little bit of background hi how you doing sorry to be talk so talkative here no good morning Bad roger habit. good morning listener and i thought you were just teasing me about the good content no 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 i appreciate it so very much program i was telling chris again off microphone i look forward to each uh, thursday so we're here in the studio, it's the Upfront program. We're, we're members in good standing of the uh, Rotary Club, so we're going to mention that we do have the raffle calendar here in the month of January. They have the 28 different drawings uh, from um, various um, uh, businesses, especially K's. Mr. LaHoos, David LaHoos, is a member of the Rotary Club, and he is generous. I'm looking at through the calendar of prizes for February, and there's a whole bunch of K's uh, gift cards in there and things like that. You can get the raffle calendar here at WNRI. They're here Monday through uh, Saturday from 5.30 a.m. to 6 o'clock Monday through Friday and from 7.30 until 11 o'clock on Saturday mornings. And $10, and you'll be helping Rotary Charities. All right, we got that uh, that plug-in for the Rotary Club, and uh, I'm sure our Rotary uh, colleagues will be happy that we're promoting the uh, calendar for Rotary Club. John Breen will be here tomorrow doing the talk show, and I'm sure he'll take over. What's on your mind? What's what's the topic of the day for you, Mr. Christopher Boulay? I don't know if it's the topic of the day, but I did, and I do like to keep my promises. We talked a little bit about this last week, and wrapping up the market for the year and i don't want to spend a lot of time in the market as i always say unless we have follow-up calls just really a, a quick hitter and i don't think anyone uh in our listening audience needs to tell me it was a very difficult year in the u.s equity markets all right so i i got all the indices this morning there's no reason to go through them but the major ones um to give people a, a flavor the market averages around eight to 12% per year, and rarely does it go in those in those uh, areas. Usually, plus 20, minus 20, but it may average out to 8 or 12% a year. S&P's done about 10% in the last 6 or 7 years, and that's despite uh, the problem we had this year. So, the Dow Jones Industrial Average, which is the best-known indice, has a 30 best-known stocks, pretty much, uh, in America, and that was down 8%, and that was after a great comeback late in the fourth quarter. The S&P 500, which includes the largest 500 market capitalization stocks, so any, you know, CVS, I think, is is up there, um, I think is up there, it's up there, ExxonMobil, Apple, so on and so forth, that was down a robust 18%. So, you know, almost 20%. And the NASDAQ, which is extremely volatile. So anyone who's watching the, the stock market on a daily basis will see the volatility in the NASDAQ probably will ex be, be beyond the Dow or the S&P 500. That was down over 31%. So a very, very difficult year. I've seen worse. One of the benefits of having a little gray hair and being in this industry for a while, you're able to live through these things. And I wasn't in the business, but I remember the crash of 87. I remember being in the business in 2000, 2001, 2002 were very challenging. 08, 09, refresh, very fresh in our memories. And this was a very poor year. But in the whole scheme of things, not terrible. The biggest issue, which everyone's aware of, is there's no place to really hide. With rising interest rates, bonds were getting pummeled. So as you try to diversify and say, okay, I think I'm going to take some of my chips off the table and maybe my portfolio was 80% equity and 20% fixed income. And I think, well, I've made a lot of money the last four or five years. Let's take a little bit off the table. Well, if you went to 60-40, you still got hammered because the bonds went down quite a bit. Conventional wisdom would say 
inflation looks like it's slowing down. It takes the pressure off the Federal Reserve for raising interest rates. Therefore, there's going to be some kind of moderation in the very near future. And historically, past performance is no guarantee of future performance. But in every rate cycle we've had in the last 16 of them, the market has done exceptionally well because there's a reason why they're raising interest rates. And that's because there's an overheated economy. Certainly, we're going to have some layoffs. Uh, Salesforce.com, a very large company, announced about 10,000 layoffs. This morning, I believe it was 18,000. Amazon's going to lay off. So I think it's always a bad sign on the CEO when you're making mass layoffs because that means you, you overhired and weren't ready for this. Um, there's still about 10 million jobs in America that are not filled. Uh, some of them are very technical, and a lot of companies are having uh, real issues filling them. Some of them are just restaurant workers and things to, to that nature. So there are a lot of jobs open and we've gotten really used to wrap up with this. We get really used to a low um, unemployment number. Historically, going back 30, 40 years, full employment was considered to be 4%, meaning 4% of the people probably don't want to work. And at some point you stop measuring them, but 4% is a number. We were in 3.1%, I believe, under the Trump administration. And under the Biden administration, we're still very, very low. So we've got a good economy. As much as I like Fox News, as much as they throw the president of the United States under the bus, saying we're heading to hell in a handbasket, I, I never believe that. Um, some of the stuff has been self-inflicted, of course. But um, always believe in America, and we'll see where it all goes. But generally speaking, uh, uh, you can bet on the U.S. economy to do well. Thank you for that explanation. Now, when I began the program, um, I mentioned uh, something, and I'm going to give you a chance to think about it. Sometimes the news media uses terms all the time that need an explanation. And in your um, address just a few moments ago, you referenced one of those terms that's out there all the time. And so, when we listen to a newscast, we often hear them talk about the report for the day, including... The NASDAQ. What the hell is the NASDAQ? We're going to find out in a moment uh, after I offer an invitation to our listeners to call and participate. Welcome to the Upfront Program. It's a talk show. 769 766-1380 is our telephone number. Any topic that you want to uh, talk about uh, has um, uh, the field of discussion open here on the program. Red has already called in a question on the NASDAQ, uh, but uh, first of all, we're going to find out in layman's terms. I'm sitting across from you at Barbara's Place, and uh, we're having liver and onions, one of your favorite um, meals at Barbara's Place. And I'm saying, what is the NASDAQ uh, in layman's terms, Mr. Christopher Boulay? The NASDAQ is the National Association of Security Dealers Automated Quotations. It was started in the early 70s, and for years and years and years and years, the New York Stock Exchange had a monopoly on stock trading. So the NYSE, uh, which still holds a lot of the uh, trading that goes on, but the NASDAQ was, was started as an alternative to New York Stock Exchange where stocks can be traded. Um, one of the things that happened for years and years used to have individual people would actually oversee the trading on the New York Stock Exchange floor traders. So if you came to me and said, hey, I want to buy a million shares of Apple, um, they would make a orderly market for that. Whereas the NASDAQ for years and years and years, it's all been done by computers. And so the NASDAQ has over time attracted newer companies that are more technologically oriented or more biotechnology oriented. So it's an individual um, indice and it's one that has got a love-hate relationship with Wall Street because when a company like UBS or Citi or, or Bank of America, when they start making predictions of the S&P 500 and the Dow, they, they don't even consider the NASDAQ. A lot of them don't even, don't even uh, report on it. So if uh, you and I went to New York and you went on the Acela 20, and you got to New York 20 minutes earlier than I did on the <laughs> Northeast Regional. Well, who's, you, paying, who's paying? If I'm paying, we're going together. All right. Could you take me to NASDAQ? In other words, is there, you know, like you traditionally see uh, the New York Stock Exchange and everybody's in there and you, and you see all kinds of things are happening and they're waving. Is, that, 
Is there a real NASDAQ like that? There's a real NASDAQ, but there's no floor traders. Uh -huh. So, of course, there's a CEO of, uh, of NASDAQ. There's, there's an infrastructure. You could visit them, then. You, you can visit them. Uh -huh. You know who used to be one of the, who helped start NASDAQ and was once one of the, uh, once the CEO? Bernie Madoff. Oh, yes, I remember him. Yep, so Bernie Madoff was, was very involved with, with NASDAQ. And that's not to impugn the NASDAQ, it's just, it's just an observation. But the New York Stock Exchange is actually a place, but they've eliminated the floor traders by and large where people would actually make a market. So one of the things that they've done is this break the circuit breakers now and i if i digress for a second sure. but if, if if the stock market goes up or down usually down too much they can actually shut off the computers for the day or stop them for an hour or so but the nasdaq um is interesting and and, and another hook about the nasdaq unless you have follow-up questions they count the buys and the sells as two separate transactions so if you see the volume in the NASDAQ, they're actually doubling up. If, if I sold you 100 shares of Apple, they would, they would count that as 200 shares being traded. Got you. All right, uh, let's get to listener uh, participation. Red writes an email uh, directed directly to Chris because I, uh, I wouldn't know where to even begin. Approximately, what is the differentiation between pre- and post-COVID New York Stock Exchange slash NASDAQ P.E. ratios, has there been significant changes? Please advise. Thanks, Red. Oh, off the top of my head, um, they're similar. We, uh, the P.E. for everyone uh, listening is the price-earnings ratio. Mm -hmm. So Thank you. somebody will say, geez, that stock is $100, but it's expensive versus a stock of $10. Well, that's not really the case. Uh, stock is expensive for how many times you're buying earnings. Uh, for example, if CVS Camoc has a price of $100 and they're earning $10 per share, they're earning less than that, I believe, but if they're earning $10 per share, that is a price earnings ratio of 10. If they're earning a dollar a share, of course, that'd be a ratio of 100. And the more you pay for a stock versus its earnings, the more expensive that stock is. So it has nothing to do with price of the stock. A stock could be $1,000, and if the earnings are $300 a share, then that's not an expensive stock. But generally speaking, historically, the price earnings ratio has been around 15 to around 17 times per, per, um, per share. So a stock that's at $19. Um, if it's a dollar a share, that's a 19 uh, P.E. ratio. If it's 15, it's 15.1. So really in the last year, earnings have held up pretty good in corporate America, but the value of the stock market has gone down. What that does is makes the stock market less expensive. That actually encourages a lot of investors potentially to get back in. Thank you, Red, for your email. We'll have a call in a second. We just want to remind you this is a 15-second advertisement. Uh, River Falls is closed uh, today, uh, but they'll be open tomorrow, reopening with the Winter Wonderland promotion. It begins on January the 6th at River Falls. They were closed all, all week long uh, to uh, give the employees a well-earned vacation, opening tomorrow with the Winter Wonderland promotion, the fish and chips and everything else. River Falls and you'll find them right there at Market Square. First caller of the program, thank you. And uh, what do you want to talk about today? Good morning, Mr. Bouchard, and good morning, Chris Belay. Good morning. Hi. Well, as you already should know, I have a lot of stocks, uh, stocks and a lot of companies that have successfully tripled their value every five years for the last 15 years. But today I call talk about flying taxi cabs, which I have $5,000 invested in them. And, and what I'm going to say is this. Okay, the stocks are down a little bit. But the FAA has certain regulations for, like, a helicopter. There's things that it has to be able to do for safety. Well, two of these flying taxi cab companies, because they're not helicopters, um, they're more like, you know, any case, um, they're in talks now. The FAA has gone in, and they're having talks with them to reach approval as to what is going to be the safety factor for them. Do you know so what a flying taxi cab company is? So? You, you're talking about companies that are, that, that are like helicopters from fly to point to point? You yeah, mean like the Uber of the air? air. 
In other words, you, 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 you call them up and you pay them and they take you from point A to point B. Well, the point is they have contracts with Airbus. And you know how they say when you fly into TF Green, when you're home, you're home? Well, the idea would be when you fly in to Boston, you're going to jump in one of these and be flown down to Providence real quick so that you're not taking this big, long taxi cab ride. And it's like um, Archer. Archer is one of them. And the point is they're moving. You know, their stock may be down, but they're, they've still got their contracts with Airbus free contracts for free sales, and the FAA is still moving forward on how to approve them for flight in America. So I'm going to, if anything, I'm getting a dispersion soon, I'm going to put another five grand into them. So I've got a bullish on the future of the market. All right, thank you for your call. Appreciate it. Th thank you. And uh, we'll go on to our next the, call. The, about well, the only, the only thing I, I, I would uh, caution the caller is all it takes is one of these things to crash, and then all of a sudden there's going to be an outlier of, uh, of FAA rules. Mm -hmm. So, um, be careful, huh? Well, yeah, I mean, th there are certain things that you look for. In, is there a moat around the company? Is it very difficult to get into that industry? For example, um, Apple has hundreds of millions of, of uh, iPhones around the world. Do you want to go off and build your own iPhone? Uh, Tesla, you know, dominates the electric car market. Do you want to go off and, and do that? There's some of these companies have moats, but, uh, but I, I would. Uh, caution to me it sounds like you know not thinking about it as an investment just, just thinking about it in general it is probably in the future we've been looking at this since the Jetsons you know back in the, in the 60s I believe so it's always been out there but certainly you have one of these things crash and there's going to be uh, a cry for more regulation you know we had one football player have a have a potential tragedy on Monday night and you've got people wanting to shut down the NFL. So there's always hyperbole and overreaction. But there are three companies out there, he said, that are getting a lot of attention uh, being in this market. Let's go to another call, and then we'll go to a break. Uh, thank you for your call. And what would you like to talk about here on the Upfront program? Hello. Hello. Uh, one thing, but possibly two things if we have time. But good morning, okay. guys. And good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah. Uh, so... We we're just talking about um, you know flying taxis and and, and, and um, the airline industry, and I will tell you this. Uh, you know, last year around a little bit around April, when I don't know if you guys remember, flights were getting canceled and delayed like crazy. People were, I mean, missing important things, funerals, because the airlines were so upside down. And uh, Pete Buttigieg was just talking about they're trying to create a dashboard at the DOT's website, and you can see. Shouldn't you were talking about stock prices? Shouldn't market forces just correct this, Chris? Shouldn't market forces just coerce these airlines to do better? Why does the DOT need to create a dashboard for consumers? I mean, I will tell you this. I'm not flying anymore. Uh, some good friends of mine who are from Illinois and North Carolina are not flying. They said, we're just not going to use the airlines. We'll just drive the 12 hours. No worries. Rather than give them our business. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, that's that's an interesting concept. Sure um, Amy and I were talking about last night that Pete Buttigieg is under a lot of pressure because of Southwest having their issues last week. Well, we thought that was the stupidest thing in the world because people are going to forget all that in, 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 a, in a month. So if he's running for uh, president of the United States in a couple of years, I don't think anyone's going to really focus too much on that. Um yeah, there was back in 1978, the airlines were all deregulated. It used to be incredibly expensive, uh, uh, inflation adjusted to fly. It was only for the very wealthy. And then all of a sudden it's been brought down to the masses. And um, I think we're going to Vegas for a week for like $350 a, a person on Southwest. So um, it's, been, it's been brought down. If you, if you inflation adjusted that, it'd probably be $3,000 each. Um, there's always going to be some play because I always mention, you talk about accuracy. If you had 99% of the flights land safely in America, you'd have 450 air crashes a day. So, you know, think about that. There's always going to be some oversight. But um, Southwest, I found when COVID was going on, they were just as nasty as the rest of the airlines. And now they're kind of back to normal. But, yeah, you always want to have uh, competition. I've mentioned this before, Roger and I were joking about going to New York City. I would never go to LaGuardia from Providence. I love the, uh, the Amtrak Acela. And um, now they're looking to get high-speed rail. Um, I don't think it's, it's not up yet between uh, Las Vegas and, uh, and L.A. So, yes, you want competition, and you would think that 
um, they would hurt themselves. And you you had a situation a couple years ago with with United. There's only so much competition to go around. Going back to the point I just made, you, you've there's a, there's a lot of most, but a lot of people are starting up airline companies. But you don't want to be in a situation where maintenance is not over, is overlooked and what have you. So I think based on planes, there's always going to be an oversight of uh, of of um, the government and probably a point where government should be involved. Oh, they should be absolutely. No, I, I'm not saying that. I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Should we let market forces handle this? Or, yeah, you know, like, yeah. Know. Like, like I said, as much as I don't like pay a, uh, Mayor Pete, and I think he's a fraud. You know, <laughs> he's the same guy who had an SUV drive him uh, within one half hour, one half mile of his office. Then he got on a uh, a bike for appearance sake. Um, I, th I think he's a fraud, but I have a real tough time hanging him out to drive for Southwest, which, in Roger and I's opinion, is one of the best-run airlines in the world. And they just they just were all in the wrong place with the storms. It, it happens. Oh, yeah. No, I, I do like I admire Southwest very much. Do I have time for another question? Or? Sure, shoot. Yeah. So I don't know if you read the project this morning, but it was about the homeless. And, this is what I was originally calling about: was the homeless encampment along the Black Zone. It was dismantled. Yep, did I did that? read that. Yep. So, my brother lived in San Francisco for 15 years, and they had a, a really, really good program, right? And, and San Francisco doesn't have a lot of good programs. They have a lot of really bad programs. But one program they had that was really good and effective, and it worked, obviously not good enough because they're still in trouble out there, but they had a program where they would give massive, massive tax breaks for people who would actually house a homeless person. And his next-door neighbor did it. She had a small in-law, studio in-law, and she got this massive tax break, uh, you know, because out there you pay 25, 30, 40 grand a year in taxes. So it was like cut it in half. The city would just say, "Hey, we'll just we'll just take a we'll just give them an abatement or whatever." Why don't we just? Do, I mean, what is it? Nine people that are that are homeless. Why? I don't understand. How can we not just find places to sleep for nine people? I mean, it, this is not like ninety people. It's like nine. And why doesn't? I'm not. And again, easier said than done. It's easier for me to. It's easy for me to say this over the air, but to actually put the pen to the paper and make it happen. Why don't we do something like that one socket? Just say, hey, look, you get a good tax break. If you have a little in-law and you can, you know, uh, have a, a wife and her two kids stay in your house, you'll get any thoughts on that. Yeah. Going back to market forces, you, you mentioned California. Um, people were leaving in droves. Oracle uh, was left and went to Texas because they got tired of what was going on in San Francisco. Elon Musk left California. Now he's in Texas. Uh, so there, there is a flight. So I read it and uh, figured I'd be honest about it. I fully support this administration doing what they're doing. If you go back a little bit, they were actually housing people at the at the Winsocket Motor Inn at taxpayer expense. I think there's a there's a handful of people who don't want to 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 uh, who, who want to live outside. But you know, it seems to me this administration handled it right. They told the people there was an issue. They didn't react to it. Um, it is a quality of life if you issue, as the mayor says. Um, and again, we could, we, could, we could go down a whole thing of how society's changed and, and what have you. But I'm not sure I'd want to put somebody up who I don't know. Can I use a lousy example? Uh, but you were talking about the airplanes. And every day, uh, these airplanes land. But if one airplane doesn't land properly... Uh, or, or there's an emergency where they have to turn back. It makes the news. So why did nine hundred and ninety-nine people, how about 9,999 people find a place to sleep last night and a couple of people can't find a place to sleep? Is that their problem or is that our problem? And, and, and I must be a lack of compassion, but whose problem is it if if most people and a lot of people found places to sleep last night that are poor, um, th that are that once were homeless? Why? And then, you know they took the they took the help, and then a couple of people don't want to take the help, and all of a sudden there's some bad guys out there. I don't understand it. No, no, we one hundred percent yes. We, I think the resources are probably there to house these nine people. I really, truly do. And I think the woman, I forget her name, but the, the advocate who was doing the interview with Projo, again, just an activist, extremely myopic worldview. She's not looking at everything. She's not saying, you know, where can we find a bed for... I think it's just the government's not doing it. It's just, it's a lazy argument. Mm -hmm. it's just, and like you said, and like you guys said, you can't force somebody. What are you going to drag them by their hair and say, hey, you have to go to the motor inn for the night? We'll pay for it. 
if you can't, if they don't want to go, they don't want to go. You no, know? So lot, I don't know. Yeah, a lot of it, a lot of his mental health issues, which I think yeah. is coming to the forefront, and whether you're rich or poor, mental health is is, is incredibly important. It has to be focused on. But you also, and I need to say this, you're also seeing a softening society when you have the Green New Deal, which is going to cost ninety three trillion ninety three trillion dollars if if they followed it, was going to get rid of all airplanes, and we're talking about airplanes. And there's a strong statement saying we are going to support people who cannot work or can work and do not want to work. My thought has always been, and you know, I, I, I thought this in my 20s, my, my, my 30s, and, and I think of it now, is if there was only 2% of the population or 3% of the population to support, we could do it and take care of our brothers and sisters. But when you're advocating not doing anything for yourself and the takers are out outflanking the makers, then we've got a problem. So, um, again, from, from a political standpoint, I've got no issue with the way this administration handled it. Um, they've done a lot the, in between the city council and administration. They put up a lot of public money to support these people in the past. And, and it, it's, a, it's a problem. And um, I applaud the mayor for nipping it now. Thank you for your two questions. Thanks a lot. Happy New Year. Right, thanks, thank thanks for taking Happy the time. Back in a moment. Well, here's a question for you. From Vern Rainville. Do you have frozen pipes or ice dams causing some damage to your home last winter? Well, this is probably covered by insurance. And did you know that you have two years to file a claim? Call Vern Rainville, the local adjuster that represents you, not the insurance company. Vern is a licensed public adjuster by the state of Rhode Island and will work for you to initiate a claim. You can call Vern Rainville today at 484 484- 384.95 for a free, no obligation in-home consultation. All calls are returned in less than 24 hours. Yeah, give uh, Vern a call if you've had some uh, pipes break or something like that. You can go the traditional way. Just call your insurance company and, and let them settle with you. Or, or you may want to call Vern and uh, see if there is... Uh, uh, something that maybe they overlooked. Uh, it's just uh, somebody in between you and the insurance company to protect you. Vern Rainbell. Thank you. It's winter at K's, 1013 Cass Avenue, where you can dine inside or outside, weather permitting. Yes, for those who enjoy the great outdoors, discover our inflatable snow globes for outdoor dining during the winter season. Or cozy up inside our dining room or bar. It's always a pleasant dining experience at K's Restaurant. And thank you for voting us number one in the Winsocket Call Reader's Choice Survey. We could not have done it without your continued support and, of course, our dedicated staff. So, for lunch or dinner specials or award-winning steak sandwiches or seasonal cocktails and sangria, come on over to K's. Check our Facebook page for daily and weekend specials. K's 1013 Cass Avenue. Takeout. Inside dining. Outside winter dining, too, weather permitting. For reservation, 762-9675-C you at K's of Woonsocket tradition since 1968. And remember, gift cards are always available. All right, and a week ago today, I saw uh, Chris Boulay on Facebook uh, having a nice dining experience at lunch with uh, your brother. What'd you have? A steak sandwich I, as usual? I, I had a steak sandwich, yes. My, my brother had the Caesar salad, so I put a, a joke on uh, uh-huh. Facebook saying, indicating that it might have been my first time there. Yeah. And uh, people were reacting. I don't think so. And I, I'm, I'm guessing somewhere between 1,500 and 2,000 times I've been there in my life. All right. <laughs> I guess that's a good enough of a testimony for me. Yeah. Back in a moment. The name of the business, All Tech Painting. We've been serving the Massachusetts and Rhode Island community with top-notch painting services. We want to be your one-stop shop for interior and exterior painting, plastering, drywall repair, power washing, wood staining, and so much more. And we do all this with the promise of 100% satisfaction using quality materials and the finest product you can be proud of. That's the kind of company we are. Have any questions or want to quote? Call 401-378-7765. All Tech Painting of North Attleboro, ready to serve you at 401-378-7765. Skilled craftsmen, ready to work for you. Just when the holidays are over, and I think there's nothing more to think about financially, but then February and March always get me thinking about how I got to get my taxes done, get my finances organized, my receipts, my deductions, and I don't just want to walk into one of those stores because that seems not very personal. So I start thinking about getting my tax return done by a CPA. Just saying it makes me feel better. 
They have all those years of experience. Most have a master's in finance or accounting. That's the kind of knowledge I need for my taxes. Yes, I'm going to a CPA this year. That makes me feel a whole lot more relaxed. With a CPA, you get a professional with a higher education, more years of training, and a greater breadth of knowledge than the rest of the pack. This tax season, don't trust your finances to anyone less. Hire the best. A CPA. Few prepare as rigorously. Brought to you by Care Kasha, certified public accountants and business consultants. Call 732-8900 for your appointment. Listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Roger and Christopher Boulay today, and uh, thank you for your calls so far. Sandra writes in her uh, daily email to us, and we appreciate that. Uh, the House reconvenes at noontime today <clears throat> to vote for a speaker. After six votes, if they can't even get uh, an elected speaker, I'm concerned about them. Uniting for important issues and the 2024 election. In my opinion, the only winner at present is Comrade Joe. Any predictions? Any comment? Christopher Boulay. Good topic. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great topic. And uh, thank you, Sandra. We want to make sure we got to it. It was certainly on the list. Um, it's funny because, you know, I listen to a lot of different news. I watch Fox News and Tucker Carlson thinks it's a good thing that it's democracy in action. You've got Sean Hannity says it's an embarrassment. I tend to agree with Sean Hannity. Um, and I can tell you, you can say what you want about Nancy Pelosi, but Nancy Pelosi would not have gone for that vote without having her, her uh, votes lined up. She would not have been in that situation. She's too politically smart. There are some people, the 20... Who are called terrorists by their by uh, their counterparts, which is which is awful, but they really believe that they're doing what's best for America because we are spending money that we don't have, and they're very upset with um, uh, with um, the speaker. The, um, I think his name uh, McCarthy, excuse me. They're very upset with him because he's uh, going along to get along, and a lot of money, one point seven trillion dollars. And I've talked about this in the past. You try to hang on to that one-to-one -one ratio. So if the U.S. economy is $25 trillion, you certainly would be better off with the debt below $25 trillion. Right now, we have about a $25 trillion economy, and we have a $32, $33 trillion debt, and it's growing so, so fast that interest is going to crowd out everything else. So the caucus of conservatives really believe that they are doing something, and they some of them apparently politically have issues with, with McCarthy. Some of them don't like him, and they want concessions. But it looks like it's going to change the speaker position forever in the sense that the concessions he's given, he could be called for a no-confidence vote with five people. I think ultimately uh, he's going to uh, become speaker. Uh, that's my prediction. I think he's just going to have to do more concessions. Huh? He's going to have to do more, more but he's, he, the, the speaker position is really being watered down because you could decide what was going to be done. You're going to sign uh, chairs and, and what have you. But it doesn't look good for the Republicans to have this paying contest out in public. And again, I'll say it again, the, the Democrats, whatever you say about them, Pelosi would have had everything lined up before she went for a vote. Donald Trump in the background all the time. Huh? Yeah, yeah, he's he's something else. It, it's he's done some great, great things as president. The success of four years he he accomplished in four years what FDR you know couldn't do in in twelve plus. Um, but he's he's losing it, and he wants to have that power back. And I think he's doing things that. Um, Short term, long term are going to be a problem for him to be to be um, to be back in office. I've been played golf the other day with people who who supported Trump and just tired of him that he's going to really hurt the Republicans. And I, and I think that's a fair statement. And I'll just use uh, one person who we can publicly uh, acknowledge, and that would be our own talk show host. John DePietro, who a year ago, I mean, he, when Trump was in office, he couldn't, he couldn't get to the White House enough times to uh, be interviewed and, you know, get access to the building and so on and so forth. He liked it. He was a big Trump guy. Uh, if you talk to him in 2023, he's uh, in another new zone altogether when it comes to Donald Trump. And uh, almost, 
Yeah, and it, is, it, it explains the split in the Republican Party. It helps explain what's going on with the uh, Speaker of the House vote going on in Washington. Thank you, Chris, for that analysis. Uh, there's a... There's another uh, topic that we wanted to bring up. Uh, we do uh, invite calls if you'd like to participate, 7690600-766-1380. In light of uh, uh, having no one online, we can talk about the following topic. Yeah, uh, very quickly, um, you and I spent a lot of time together because we weren't even in the same room and we were thinking the same thing. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> you were you were during the news and talking about uh, Dan McKee yeah. having his first full term. Mm-hmm. And as you were saying it, you were wondering it, and, we, and, and I was wondering it, could he serve another term? What, what does the Rhode Island Constitution say about it? And our friend, uh, Mr. John Ward, who loves to do research, I checked with him, and he gave me an answer in about 45 seconds. Um, uh, John Ward, as people may not know, um, well, he's on the Wasaka City Council if you're out of town. Um, Thank you. The... Uh, Rhode Island Constitution mimics the U.S. Constitution. We knew you can serve as president two full terms in less than two years. So if you were to take over as president because of a death or what have you, it'd have to be less than two years. And then you could serve two full terms if you were voted into office. Well, the Rhode Island Constitution in 1994, when they changed it to a term limits of two years, uh, mimics that. So... Since Gina Raimondo left with little less than two years in her term, Dan McKee could serve this term. And if he did a good job and the voters wanted him back in and he wanted to run again, he could run again. So literally he would serve about nine and a half years total uh, if he so chose to do that. He'd be... 70, I guess 74 years old if he want, you know, if he came up again. But I, I did want to comment on that and you and I were wondering it and I thank you John Wood for, for doing that research. Alright, this is the Upfront program on WNRI. Your choice uh, to uh, participate. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, we would. And uh, we're going to hear from a couple of our sponsors. Uh, do we have a little b- bit of a break here? You can get a call in right now. WNRI welcomes a new sponsor, Titan Machine Tool. Your one-stop machine shop located at 70 New River Road in Manville. With over 30 years experience in the industry, no job is too big or too small. Titan Machine Tools works with various industries, including industrial manufacturing, construction, medical, and marine. If you or your business needs a single machined pot or jig, or fixtures and tooling, sub-assemblies and other machinist services, including industrial equipment repairs, they can help. Call Bob Hockey today at 401-636-0157 or visit them online at titanmachinetool.com. So what's in your appetite? At Grumpy's in South Bellingham, their menu is so expansive, we can satisfy any taste. You may want to try a Grumpy Signature Burger. There are 12 to choose from. And if you like seafood, try our broiled seafood sampler of haddock, scallop, shrimp, lobster, and a stuffed quahog to go along. And you might want to check out our Taste of Italy, too, from eggplant, parmesan, spaghetti and meatballs, and many other Italian choices. And you may want to try a Grumpy Sirloin Steak, filet mignon, or a Bourbon Street steak tip dinner. All char-broiled to your taste perfection. And we have a nightly menu special and also weekend specials. Kitchen open Friday and Saturday till midnight. Restaurant open seven days a week. It's time to make it a Grumpy's experience today. All right, and uh, one more uh, advertisement, and it's for the Honey Shop at 1300 Park Avenue. Then we'll get back to uh, the upfront program. We have other topics to talk about, and if you want to talk about a particular topic, all you have to do is call in and introduce that topic to us, and we'll be more than happy to chat with you about it. Anyway, if uh, you're looking, here it is, January, and uh, Christmas presents are, are behind us, and going to somewhere in house for New Year's Eve and bringing something is behind us. So what's in front of us here in January? Well, I can tell you one thing that's in front of us is Valentine's Day in February and a lot of other, uh, a lot of other events. Uh, it's a good opportunity to head over to the honey shop. Of course, we sell honey. And um, we sell Breathe, which is uh, one of our uh, signature products. But we are a gift shop, too. And if you're looking for some great gift ideas, come on over to uh, the Honey Shop. We have gourmet foods. We have health foods, natural remedies. We are a gift shop. Some of the stuff that uh, you find in our shop, we make right here in the area. 
And, uh, you know, when the uh, better weather comes out, we'll go out for our adventure hiking. We're a multi-purpose uh, operation, and uh, you'll just love the food that we have, and you'll just love us. We're the Honey Shop at 1300 Park Avenue in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Uh, complete uh, skin care products, total body health products. We've got it all. We are the Honey Shop. Visit us today. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Christopher Boulay and Roger Bouchard um, chewing on the bit here, uh, talking about a whole bunch of topics. And uh, we uh, are a talk show. Your calls and comments are welcome. And on the other hand, we have lists. And um, and we're going to get to one of the items on the list. What do you have next, uh, Christopher? What I like to touch upon, sometimes we, well, often we like to pick on government not doing the right thing. But on 1229, President Biden signed the Secure 2.0 Act of 2022, which really cleaned up a lot of things. Um, as a financial advisor, I see a lot of my clients, older folks, tend to have more money they've accumulated throughout their lives. And many of them are taking their required minimum distributions from their IRAs, and they don't need the money. So for years and years, it was, you had to be 59 and a half in order to avoid a 10% penalty of taking your IRA money. And then at 70 and a half, you had to take it. Well, as people are getting older and living longer, um, they raised it to age 72 in 2019. Well, there were grumblings that they're going to raise it to 75. And I'm not a betting person, but I would have bet a million dollars eventually that was going to happen in the near future. So effective 1-1-2023, they've increased, they being Congress, through the IRS, that you can go up from age 72 to age 73. So if you turn age 72 in 2023, you have the option of deferring your first RMD uh, or your RMD. Uh, it'd be your first RMD. And uh, you could take it or not. But if you don't need it, you don't have to have the cons- tax consequences and you can let it grow tax deferred. Well, they're indexing that up to age 75 in 2033. So by 2033, if you're age 75, you only have to start taking your first RMD for a 70 and a half. What does that do? That helps people who don't need the money to let it grow tax deferred. And there's plenty of people out there who don't need that money. Um, How did the government pay for that? It used to be if you died or when you died and say you left a million-dollar IRA to your two children, they could take that over their life expectancy. So if the children were 50 years old and their life expectancy was 80-something, and they could take it over their lifetime. Uh, now you, they have to take that money over 10 years. So that's how the government gets it. The other thing which affects fewer people, but 529 rollovers can be rolled over to a Roth IRA in pot. The IRS never spoke to... The 529 plans. The 529 plans are a college savings plan that every state uses. One of the best things that the government ever did in terms of letting people pay for college. But it never spoke to the money. So if you put aside $100,000 for your two kids for a 529 and both of them got full scholarships and didn't need the money, it was unspoken where that money would go eventually be a 10 percent penalty but you could let that money go into perpetuity you could use it for your wife or or yourself could go back to school but that money was was always um never accounted for now the government says that you can roll it over after 15 years six and a half six sixty five hundred dollars per year and be indexed into a Roth IRA, which will never be taxed. So that makes sense. What are you going to do with the money? So it's a start. I would see that money going up because if you have a quarter of a million dollars in a 529 plan and you didn't use it, you know, $6,500 is not a lot. But it um, makes a lot of sense. And the one that's going to affect most of our uh, listeners will be the RMD being stepped up to 75 eventually. You are on the Upfront program on WNRI. We're talking about various topics. Some of them are financial, naturally, because luckily, once a week, we have somebody who's got a financial background Monday through Sunday. Um, you you do think about your job on Saturday and Sunday, right? I, I do. I, I do. One of the best things that ever happened in my life is the love of what I do. So uh-huh. if you love what you do, is it really work? Yeah, I'm- Pretty much think about the broadcasting business all the time, too. Thanks, Chris, writes Red, one of our listeners from a little bit earlier in the program who wrote in. 
You have confirmed what I thought to be true. Stocks are more of a bargain today, even though we have economic difficulties such as inflation and higher interest rates. Did Red interpret your remarks uh, in ac- accurately? Yes. I, um, all, the, all of the things being equal, um, and I want to give a tab on that because I don't agree with that 100%. Uh-huh. If price-earnings ratios are at 23 and they go down to, say, 15, clearly the market's more attractive. Well, you have to be careful for these uh, are forward price earnings. Yep. So just because XYZ company earns $5 billion in 2022, does that mean they're going to earn $5 billion in 2023? If it's a very economically sensitive stock, they could go from, for example, $5 billion to $3 billion, just throwing that out there at random, and therefore the PEs could actually go down. So hist- on historically... It's cheaper than what it has been, but that would be taken off the board and completely uh, less, much less relevant if we were to go into a deep recession, which I personally don't think we're going to do. I think we're going to go into a recession, but I, I don't think it's going to be uh, very deep. That's my opinion, and call me out on in six months if I'm wrong. All right. We'll make a note of it here and uh, see if uh, we have to do that. I'd probably not. All right, I have one more advertisement in this uh, program, uh, and it's for Savini slash Ciro's. And um, there's a guy named Avery, and he manages uh, both of them, uh, both of those restaurants. And I uh, I talked to him the other day, and I said, Avery, um, that Tuesday night uh, special on wine at Savini's, this is a good deal. Um, you still have it at half price. You're still doing it every Tuesday night. At uh, Savini's, uh, auto a bottle of wine and you only pay half of, the, uh, half of the price? Yes. The answer is yes. So, therefore, if you're interested in uh, visiting Savini's on Tuesday, uh, look at their white wines. Uh, Chris likes a nice white wine. And um, I see uh, some, of the, uh, some of the great names uh, that are up there. And uh, they're half price, including cake bread which is a nice Chardonnay from uh, California, Na- Napa Valley. And uh, that is half price on Tuesday night, R- regularly 75 bucks a bottle. And then on, um, on Tuesday night on the red side, if uh, you like uh, Da Vinci, uh, which is um, a nice Chianti and uh, one of the lower-priced wines, it's only $25 a bottle when you, when you go there. How about twelve fifty a bottle on Tuesday night? You can't beat that price. And anyway, back to uh, Savini's. Uh, we are open uh, every, every day, Tuesday through Sunday. Uh, today, uh, Thursday, we're open at noontime. The same for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And if you're having a special function, a family get-together, a post-Christmas, post-New Year's get-together like we're having uh, this weekend, uh, come on over to, uh, and we're going to have it at Savini's, come on over to Savini's right here in Woonsocket on Rathbun Street. And don't forget about Ceros, too. Uh, we'll be open today uh, at noontime for lunch, uh, and uh, we uh, have a nice luncheon menu so, two great restaurants here in Woonsocket, Savini's Pomodoro on Rathbun Street, open at noontime today. Ciro's in the downtown district, open at noontime today. Avery is the guy that's uh, running the show over there with a very capable staff, and uh, he'll, he'll make sure that your experience is A+. And if it isn't, you tell him about it, because he's going to do something about it. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Luckily, Avery does not receive too many phone calls from uh, people who are not uh, satisfied. These are two well-run uh, operations, Sabini's and Ciro's. Good morning. Welcome back. We have a few more minutes to the Upfront program. What do you want to talk about before we uh, leave off? I know you've got a lot of things on your list. Yeah, just briefly, it must have happened at 830. I'm looking at uh, online in private U.S. payrolls. Activity surged by 235,000 December, well above the estimate ADP reports. Uh-huh. Obviously, doing payroll, they have a good handle on uh, jobs. 
They and would know, huh? They would know. And it's kind of good news and bad news because what it did is it lowered the Dow futures, which is an expectation of how the market is going to open down a little bit, down half a percent. So not significant, but it was a little flat this morning. So what that does is show stronger indications that the economy is still doing well and therefore the Federal Reserve may have to raise interest rates which are also a, neg uh, a negative to, to stocks. Can I ask you uh, another uh, stock market type question? Sure. Often uh, I'm here at 5 o'clock in the morning, 5.30 and I hear the network news and they talk about stocks opening early in, uh, in markets before the United States. Uh, they're either up, they're down and so forth. Do those markets in other countries affect uh, what happens here in the United States so markets or when the our markets open we're the ones that create the domino effect for the rest of the world that, that's a fantastic question and the United States of America still is the straw that stirs the world's drink so you can have a situation I've seen where there's bad news in Asia or you know Europe is six seven hours as, you, as everyone knows before us, so they're opening up uh, you know four in the morning, um, and you can see a change, and I've seen a change from my own empirical observations that uh, good news in the U.S. stock market can change the entire world. So yes, um, we are not ninety eight percent of the market capitalization of the world. I think around sixty five percent, but um, what we do and how we react has a much bigger effect on the rest of the world and vice versa. And my other question, who's going to be uh, worse off in 2023, China or the U.S. of A? Uh, is China really facing some problems in 2023? Oh, another, another terrific question. I, I looked at that the other day. Obviously, with UBS, we, we have... Uh, you know, institutions in China will report on it, and uh, they actually have been driving, driving two-thirds of the growth of the world's economy in the last 10 years. And with COVID and some of the other things, that might be a slowdown, so actually they could actually be lagging. They, their numbers have been so good that people were figuring they were making them up. But as America growing 3% GDP growth and happy with that, if they're growing 6%, you do the math, eventually they're going to take over. But... You know, not sure they really started COVID intentionally when it's actually hurting their economy just as bad as it hurt ours. So, yeah, it looks like China could have a hell of a slowdown this year for the first time in a while. Thank you for uh, being with us today and uh, offering your uh, thoughts. Uh, you have about 15 seconds if you want to uh, uh, say something. Yeah, just the last thing on my, on my list, not the most important thing, but... The Democrats should not have uh, released Trump's tax returns. He's a private citizen. It sets a terrible precedent, and uh, it's going to cut both ways. They should have just left it alone. The guy has been very successful, and it was actually the U.S. Congress creating the tax laws that he followed. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380, WNRI Warnsocket.